What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, behave! Now, as two hardcore golf watchers, uh, I did not expect... And uh, I did not expect this many people in this DraftKings game who I've never heard of. There are a lot of people in this event, I should say, that are affecting my DraftKings money that I've never heard of, John. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting field. I'm in 89th top- place. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in 16th. I feel pretty good about my squad, guy. I, got, I like your squad. I, I, I finally used some of my rollover money on mybookie.ag, and I got about seven bets out right now on... Wolfs and Hideki's and Patrick Reed's and Rory's. So I, I'm, I got some juice on this because I, you know what? After you get your teeth kicked in for a couple years on DraftKings or a couple weeks, you, you, I don't have much confidence entering these tournaments like I did like three a month ago. I, know. I used to just have a lot of confidence. Now I get a lot of enjoyment making my lineup. But if I just finish like top 20, which is not, you got to get the money, obviously the top 10, I, I feel pretty good about myself. It feels good to just see myself in the teens. <laughs> it does make a big – you convince yourself, you know, Thursday – we're recording this watching golf Thursday afternoon. You convince yourself, oh, it doesn't matter Thursday, but it sure – like, health feels like it matters when you're in 89th place or when you're in 12th. You're just like, all right, I got – I'm just – to me, it's – it's what's the saying? You, you, you can't win a golf tournament on Thursday, but you can sure lose one. Yeah, you don't want to shoot yourself out of it, guy. You don't want well, to shoot no, yourself out nobody's, of it. Nobody's – there are no cuts this week, so. <laughs> no, they're not. Golly. <laughs> Yeah, so it's just I, I just I tried to pick guys that I thought could make me a lot of points over the period because I, wouldn't you say the major difference in a four day event on DraftKings where you're guaranteed to not miss cuts? It, you you obviously want to get the winner, but you want guys that are going to have a chance to just be in the mix, right? You can build your team a little bit differently because I, I always on a normal event I'm always terrified some guys are going to miss the cut, which fucking happened to me last week. It just turned out it was Tony Finau and Bryson DeChambeau. When you have guys that miss the cut, you're in a major uphill battle. Yeah. Didn't you have a guy that missed the cut when you finished third at the PGA Championship? Uh, I thought I? you had a player miss the cut. 
I didn't think you had all six, but I might I could be wrong. I gotta go back and look. I don't remember. That was a blur. Yeah, it was. Some, I, I, I just need I needed to get a little juice, and it just I I I, I want to win some money, so I, I put some individual bets, which is not the best idea because it's really hard to pick the winner, even out of seventy is is difficult. Well, we uh, speaking of of uh, finding some juice, we got an idea we're gonna unveil later that we're kicking around to start the NFL season with a bang, but uh, we'll get to that. Uh, podcast brought to you by Ease, Ease.com. The promo code is HAM. That gets you 20 bucks off your first delivery on any order of $50 or more, which, A, it's easy to get to 50 and, B, you get 20 bucks off of it, so 50 becomes 30 if you're a first-time user. Now, if you're not a first-time user, Middlecoff, first of all, thank you for supporting previously. We see you. Secondly, we got something for you, too. It's called HAM10. So go to ease.com, search around whatever you want. I think the menu changes a little bit depending on where you live. Number one delivery in, the, in America, but definitely in the state of California, Northern California, down to Southern California. Ease.com, promo code HAM and the number 10 gets you this little thing they like to say 10% off. I like a little 10%, a, a little haircut. So whatever you see the final number is, boom, 10%. 100 goes to 90. 50 goes to uh, 45. <laughs> I'm not a math major. Uh, so just ease.com promo code ham 10 gets you a little 10% little discount. Obviously first time users and gets you a great discount, gets you $20 off a purchase over $50. So if you, you know, use your girlfriends, use your wives, use your mothers, use your roommates, whoever you're living with grandpa, uh, maybe grandpa's already signed up any different angle. You know, they they say uh, THC has a lot of positive medical benefits. Uh, I I know that whenever I got a headache, put one in, boop, feel better. Ease.com promo code ham. Delivery Boom. fast. 21 and over. That's you, hopefully. Uh, if not, just wait till your birthday. Yes. And uh, East 10. East 10. Or Ham 10, sorry. Ham 10. East.com. Ham 10. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. You are helping us out when you use our promo codes, and we appreciate that. Grassroots that shit. Uh, as of recording of this, Thursday afternoon, I guess we don't. we do know that basketball games are going to get played. We don't know yet if they're going to be on Friday or on Saturday, right? Did you think, so I guess it was uh, Wednesday night, there was the report that the Lakers and Clippers both said they were not going to play or voted not to play, but there was going to be another meeting. Turns out Michael Jordan came in, talked to Chris Paul. They decided to play. One thing I wonder moving forward now, John, is like if there is another flashpoint kind of social moment, is it possible we're back here again, or did they address some of the heart of the issue, financial reasons that they want to continue playing, whatever the concerns were? Did they convince each other, or did the people that wanted to play convince the guys that didn't, hey, look, by playing, we still get all our TV time, and that's a platform that's useful? I don't know. I just That's my question. Is like, did, the, did, did they come to a, a solid enough place when they decided to play on Thursday that everyone will stay on board with that if between now and the NBA Finals something else comes up. Well, to me, you would have thought when they came here, they knew that something else happens. Were they prepared to leave? And remember, there were conversations when they showed up. Were they, you know, taking away from their message? And right. I give Adam Silver, who, and I'm a critic of Adam Silver in the sense of I think he gets overhyped by the media because he texts all the media. They love him. And I think if you look at his resume, you know, I mean, if you're the commissioner of a league, that's why I people, text the media, less, John. Yeah, and let less people. That's how we yeah, get so I mean, much it, love. It, it works. 
Uh, it's an easy group to play, but I give him a lot of credit. He did whatever it took to get these guys in a tough situation. He put you know Black Lives Matter on the court, which I saw Woe said today that a lot of owners did not want to do that. Uh, he obviously gave them the ability to put whatever they want on the back of their jerseys, and then they still tapped out on them last night. Now, the Bucks did, and everyone else kind of followed suit, and the more we learned about it. They went to this bubble for one reason and one reason only. And that was to make and recoup the money that they would have lost by ending the season when Corona wiped out their season. And we say this all the time about basketball, football, baseball. We don't talk about it as much about golf, but the reason they're playing, it's this is the, the golf is, a, I guess, probably a little different, but those three leagues. Well, actually, I read an article yesterday that was like, does it make sense in these times for the PGA Tour to be handing out $125 million to 70 golfers for three weeks of golf? The FedEx yeah, Cup I mean, Championship. Yeah, you, I mean, you could push that back 100%. And typically, they get tax breaks because they're a nonprofit and they're charities, but because... Because the leagues not, are not the ones... The, like in the NFL, they for a long time, they were a nonprofit because the league, the league was not the one making the money, right? The teams were the ones making the money. Yep, and I, I think the PGA Tour, every dollar they get, I, I could be wrong a little bit on this one, but I'm pretty sure every ticket sale they get, they give right to charity. It's why every week is such a big charity event, and it's how they avoid taxes. Now, obviously, they make revenue other places, but that's how they avoid it. Where the NBA came to this bubble strictly to get the television revenue, right? TNT, ESPN, like they are paying for these playoff games, and everyone's going to try to make enough money that's going to impact the future. And to me, clearly, I I saw a story today on Thursday that a lot of players in the meeting were mad at the Milwaukee Bucks because, like, you guys can't just tap out of this thing without telling everyone. Like, we all decided this is a shitty situation, the bubble, corona in general. But why we chose to come here to be away from our families, because we all acknowledge we're doing this for the money. And, like, you're costing me money, even if we're all on the same page on the issues that are going on in society. These have huge financial ramifications for everyone. Now, not the super rich, like LeBron or Chris. Like, if the league had ended, right, and they had lost a ton of money moving forward, they still would have they have made a ton of money. Yeah, LeBron could retire today and not have to sell off a house or a car. Yeah, Russell Westbrook, yeah. James Harden. But there are a lot of younger players in the league. There are a lot of guys that you know, are on short-term contracts that are fighting for their NBA livelihood. And it just, it's a complicated situation. But the the overall, my, my take has always been, like the only reason they went to the bubble, and I give Adam, I'll give Adam credit on this one too, he's acknowledged this, was because of the money, <laughs> you know, right? Now, he understood the other things going on in society, and he gave them the platform. Now, we could argue all day long, was it, is it good for business? And you, I think you could easily argue that it's not, right? The, the social messages that he's allowed them to do i don't care but a lot of people clearly the the ratings are down and and i think you could and i think they would also argue you know what this is so important that if it's bad for business at least we have some business and that's a hit we're willing to take 100 percent. and i think he'd say listen at the end of the day i had to do whatever i had to do to get these guys to agree to come here so we all could make the money and that's how most good businesses work there are concessions on both sides and they gave in and clearly last night People laid out some plans like, hey, guys, if we all leave. I, I thought the bubble was done. <laughs> I my too. gut was yeah, like, oh, this is over. Clearly, some numbers were thrown out. Uh, because as an NFL player told me last year when they were doing their CBA back and forth, he's like, you know, the funny thing is, I, you know, this guy makes like 
twelve million dollars a year. He's like, I take a huge pay cut in the playoffs, and I've played in playoff games. Because playoff, you, you like, yeah, the play, like if I make five million dollars or ten million dollars, the playoff, the first round pays you one hundred twenty grand or whatever. Every player gets that. Drew Brees, Mahomes, but and my pushback well was well, if you do well in the playoffs, you become much more marketable and much more famous. He's like, yeah, there is a give and a take. Football is a little different, right? Because it's just back to back. It's over relatively quickly in basketball. The playoffs, if you're LeBron or Steph or Jordan, can go on typically a long time. Well, I mean, we've talked about this before because I remember Kawakami a couple of years ago writing about what a playoff game was worth to the Warriors. Right? It's like if you're the owner, you want it to go set. You want to win, but if you could go seven games and get Game Seven at home, like that's pretty valuable, right? Like you don't want to sweep when you only got two games, even if you won. Like there's this balancing act of your per game revenues are huge. The NBA's postseason volume. The Major League Baseball's too, but Major League Baseball has had fewer teams. The NBA has had half of its league, make more, the playoffs. more than half of its league, over 50% of the teams make the playoffs. It's like, can you believe they ever did best of five? That was stupid. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I I, I used to love it, and I realized why would they – they'll never go back. The other thing is in basketball and in football, and this is why I think a lot of things popped up, I would say wouldn't – I just saw this. Like, could football be in jeopardy? basketball and football, the way they use their cap, right? They have a salary cap. Baseball doesn't. They are revenue sharing partners. Like they, they're, they are technically, I think most people would be like the players, an employee of the team and, and kind of, they are, they control their employment, right? Especially in the NFL, I can cut you. But if I make your team, we are revenue share partners through my salary equals the revenue share for all the players. Like you and I in the podcast are 50, 50 rev share partners. In the NFL, I think the new CBA agreement was like 48-5, 51-5 or whatever. Basketball is close to 50-50. Like, I, I think that was part of their message. Like, we're in this together. We lose, you lose. And that is the powerful thing about being a revenue partner with someone. Right. You are literally in bed with the business. That's where the pushback was. Like, you... you like boycotting, you're boycotting the league. Like you're boycotting your own business, and that's where the players get into this tough spot. I think they feel that they're being used by the owners, but they're profiting with the owners. Yeah. Now the owners own, but it, it became it became a complicated situation. That clearly some people I just think talked finances, and because people get so uncomfortable, are there bigger things bigger than business, Middlecoff? Of course, but the only reason they're there is because of business. Like, that's the only reason this is taking place. And I would imagine a lot of players are like, I've, if I'm, let's just say, a Danny Green or something on the Lakers, I know they voted no, but I, I've already sacrificed a month here. I got a chance to win it. Like, I, I, th- this is, I, I don't want to stop, right? Yeah, I, I also think part of this is like, it's, it's, and I think the situation with the Bucks specifically really shed light on it, that this was not a coordinated effort you know, normally when a workforce strikes or walks out, there's a coordinated effort across multiple, you know, Walmart is striking. Well, across the country, UPS is striking. All the drivers across the country, right? Clearly this was even— Teacher, Teachers union strike, the writers guild strike. Like, right, they just this, don't show up. This and, and I think the fact that it Mon- wasn't Mon- that— Montana's like, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. But the fact that it wasn't that— shows that part of this was maybe it was obviously for a few days bubbling with, but some guys, it wasn't so much. Some of it was just, I don't feel like playing. And maybe, I don't know, maybe George Hill thought he'd get to the arena 
and it would he would feel it and he just for what he did not feel like it was he just couldn't right and then he shares that feeling and maybe more guys feel that way whatever or or realize it's okay to feel that way i do think one thing to go back to the original question like is this if something else happens are we going to be back here they understand the finances and you say this all the time you've been saying it for years when it comes to free agency when it comes to drafting when it comes to analytics whatever these are humans when they signed up to play in the bubble, they're not a computer program. They was like, all right, we've programmed everybody. We're all in. Enter. The system is in. Like, they can agree to play in the bubble. Then they go, God, I don't – I'm going – like, Paul George was going crazy in the bubble. He's losing his mind. Things just start stacking up. I, I give him up. a you lot go, of credit, guy. He and he he admitted on national yeah, TV it's the just trans- he, was in a, he was in a dark place. I, re- I respect it. But I also think it's like you go, financially, it's worth it. I'm in. And then you're there for three weeks, and you're like, I, this is not my sanity. This is not worth it, or this isn't right, or I don't feel good about it. or Like, there is, like anybody in daily life, pandemic or no pandemic, there is daily maintenance you have to do on your mind and on your body to keep yourself in the right frame of mind. And I think one thing watching C-Web and some of these other guys, like, a lot of people are really rattled and upset and emotional and so I understand people being upset with the Bucs, like other players who are like, hey, you guys got to – you're putting us all in jeopardy. I also understand that it doesn't feel – the Bucs uh, – uh, George Hill didn't set out to undermine the rest of the league, right? And I think there's a lot of people that just – there's a balancing act. I'm pretty impressed that they pulled it together in less than 24 hours to decide to play because it did feel like, well, you have to grab a lot of people here and get everybody on the same page. And maybe that was MJ. Maybe that was Chris Paul. Whatever. I don't know, but – um, remember how long it took relative to this to get everybody on the same page to play in the bubble. Remember, there were several days where it's like, are they going to do it? Oh, are they yeah. not going to do it? Well, so I, for them I, to listen, get it I, together this quickly, I, it does impress me. Now, again, I, I, I'm not I, know saying, people I won't th- be surprised if we're back, if three weeks from now it's like, well, I don't know. You know, I just, I don't I, know. I, I don't think we should assume I, anything. I, I, I'm, I'm not assuming. I think this bubble clearly is teetering right now on a fence that at any moment, even once these guys hear the numbers, it does not. The numbers mean one thing. You look at your bank account. It's another thing how you feel. I, I understand that. I, I, I do I'll think never tell thing, anyone else how to feel. One thing they could appeal to the players if, if, if you were trying to convince them to play, which they, they are right now, is look, like TNT on Wednesday, there's supposed to be six hours of programming. Instead, we got the longest yard. Interesting. I did wonder, not to be funny, but I did wonder, like, what was the process there to decide, like, that the longest yard would fill in on the back end of NBA? I think the longest yard just rates. Well, clearly. Well, part of it might be, I did wonder that the opening scene is Courtney Cox with a lot of cleavage. I wonder if they just felt like, with just what opens with cleavage. You remember the movie, uh, uh, not 40 Year Old Virgin, uh, Knocked Up? Where they yes. all have the business idea, where they're gonna, uh, what's it called, like, Doctor Skin, or but or Doctor Skin already is a business, but they're gonna go through and they're just gonna log nudity in every movie. Yeah, and give you the time when you can see yeah, it. Yeah, and give you the time. Do, do, do TNT executives have that chart? They're like, well, we need something that'll grab people's attention. Well, we got Courtney Cox. Uh, we got boobs. Thirty-five seconds into the longest yard. Like, oh, didn't Carson? Didn't Carson Palmer's brother Jordan try to develop an app? When to pee in a movie? It was like called a good run time pee. to take a run pee. Run pee. It's like yeah. when to take a pee. Like I, I do think there is something behind. I don't need you. You could argue an individual app because I just type in the movie, or I type in the movie for nudity. That, to me, nudity, like that type, the number I think resonates more with like mid nineties Haberman and Middlecoff. Like now, I 
everyone's so numb to it, like just open Instagram. One thing is like last night and just the NBA on Twitter, and I felt like this just in general, like the, the hurricane was coming. If, if you just call, like Twitter can become this negative, like tornado meets a hurricane. And then you go to Instagram, it's like, ah, I'm in Hawaii and it's sunny. It's like, God, it's fucking funny shit over here. Yeah, it's just dogs in <laughs> six-second bikini dancing videos. Oh, yeah. It's just like, oh, this someone's on a beach. Someone's, you know, playing some golf. Uh, there's Tiger talking some shit on, like, some funny golf thing. Oh, there's a highlight of a football. It's like, this is just fun stuff yeah, it's over like, here. what are you watching? Oh, just some uh, uh, a highlight video of uh, Phil Mickelson from 12 years ago. Why? Well, I don't know. It just wasn't funny. Well, because w- w- one takeaway is someone that's really, really worked and try to spend less time on Twitter just because I think it's, I I loved it for its information. And even in something like the NBA situation where the one thing I think we all can come to agreement is no one's changing their opinions on anything anymore when it comes to people's tweets, right? You're not going to like create someone's different opinion by giving your statement, right? It's just for media people, even player, just people in general. And it just becomes so dark and it's so much anger and it's, and then I, I just go to Instagram and I just feel so much happier. It's like, what? Well, I, I need to spend a lot more time over here. This is where I want to be. Because there's one comment guy that irks me a little bit. And it, Sean Doolittle said it a long time ago. And it irked me when he said it. That was a good video. And I saw a lot of people bringing it up again yesterday when the NBA played. And I think you can speak for this. And I, I definitely can. A lot of people in my life uh, are. I mean, because you and I you know, dedicate our lives to work in some form or fashion around sports. Talk about it now for a living. You've been talking about it for a living forever, calling games. I worked in the NFL. Like it means a lot to me, but it does that doesn't necessarily means it means a lot to a lot of people. And Sean Doolittle said his quote back. Remember when they were kind of going back and forth, whether baseball should play that, that sports are the reward for a functioning society. And I always thought like most of society, Sean, and definitely with the NBA last night, does not watch the NBA, does not watch baseball. The NFL that gets more than both those two sports combined, plus then some, would still the overwhelming percentage of society, non-Super Bowl, does not consume sports. Like to me, the reward and for society is like running water, right? Uh, healthcare. And you can argue whether we have it or not. I mean, obviously we got to pay for it, but, uh, you know, fresh food to be able to purchase to eat right? Places to live. You know, I, I think sometimes, and in the echo chamber, definitely at Twitter, again, I love it. I got golf on right now. I'll watch a baseball game tonight. I think we overstate sometimes the impact when we're in it and the athletes, the the media, the I don't think the coaches as much, even though they are junkies, they're just more focused on the game or whatever, on the impact overall of it. Like, cause I was thinking this yesterday, if I had worked Let's say instead of working in uh, in the NFL or hosting a show, or talking ab- about sports, I had worked. I worked at Apple, and I was like involved with the phones, like the iPhone. I would impact infinitely more people than I do talking about sports or working in sports, right? If you invented the iPhone, not if you work. At no, the Apple I'm just store. saying if I if I was part of like uh, the product, like I, I helped, cr- yeah, or created it or right, right, right. Uh, created. Not if an you work at the Apple want. Store. Yeah, not if I work at the right. Apple Store. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's a that's one of the. I most. just think sometimes we overstate. So, and listen, I love I agree, it. I but- agree with that because remember, I said I've been saying this. Like, understand the president at UCLA doesn't look at Alabama and go, "I wish I was them." 
Now, we might make fun of that. Like, well, yeah, they're football. Because football makes fun of it, right? But at UCLA, they go, you got so much more going on here than fo- Like, who, whatever. I don't – what? Shut up. Like, that's most of the world. Does not know how you make the cut for the FedEx championship. Most of but the world – But that's even niche. I'd even go, like, well, doesn't course. know who's playing in the NBA finals. Without without question. But, but I yeah, I, I agree with you. And, and I – now I do think the I and and I agree with you generally on Sean Doolittle's quote. I do think it just that was kind of that comment was related to COVID, right? That comment was not related. Am I right about that, or was that related to? Yeah, that that was before George they started Floyd. playing. But but my my point is though, at the time it was a weird time, and they were arguing yeah, yeah, back yeah. and forth. I, this so, this two people were using it last or the other day when basketball yep. stopped. It's like guys. It, the major story right now, I don't know if you read Ethan's article like last week, like the ratings are down 50% from the, over the last 10 years. People just, their consumer is down. And I, I don't even want to get into the weeds about that. But just in general, the amount, even if they maxed out like 5 million people watching a game, Google how many people live in this country. It's not actually that That's important. right. If their ratings are great, that's still not A tiny percentage of, of Americans. So, yeah. Uh, that one, so I agree with you on that. Then, quote, now that because I would say this how, too. like you said, how those guys feel. I get that, but I'm saying I think that's we like get this overall concept. Ice, that's of like saying ice cream shops are the reward for a functioning society. It's like, well, for the guy that owns the ice cream shop, it's not a reward; it's a business. Right? Yeah. So, I, I, um, the other thing I disagree with is when people say we need sports. It's like, well, yeah, I need sports. You financially, it's I'm really rooting for it. Selfishly, like you need like. But part of a functioning society is people having distractions, outlets. Some of that is sports. Some of that is movies. Some of that is books. Some of that is is parks. Yeah. A park, yeah. Is, like, why do we ever spend money? A road to ride a bike like, on. You ever walk through right? a park and you're like, how much money does it cost to maintain all these flowers and this park? How many people? But this is part, as we have decided, as societies, most societies have decided, having some public flowers and some green grass, that's good for people. That's entertainment, distraction. Like I, that's the other one. People say like, uh, like uh, uh, you know, what was wasn't there? Didn't somebody say something about sports not being a distraction? Or I don't remember exactly what the quote was over the last five months. Well, I think a lot of the I think a lot of the, the NBA players think they're just doing this to entertain America. I think that's like one of their pushbacks, and that's how they feel. Yeah, right but wrong. I think I've read some of their personal stories, right? Like I read a Mo Harkless story the other day where he got pulled over in Portland, and the cops. No, so I think so much of this. No, is really no, no, I, I, just, I, I mean, technically, they thought when they did the bubble for this money grab, they thought like you know they were being forced to like entertain America, and I get why they feel that way. I think the reality though is, and I get if you have a contract that's paying you fifteen million dollars a year, the ratings mean diddly poop to you, right? <laughs> Like that's an Adam Silver, that's an owner well, problem, and look, that's going to affect su- future there's pr- enough, players. There's enough people on this earth now that you don't need to be primetime ABC to have a TV show that matters, right? And you'd argue primetime ABC, podcast. the shows people ain't watching them anymore, right? Well, no, I'm yeah, I'm just arguing the best place to be if you're the NFL Monday Night Football would be primetime ABC, but whatever, it's not the only place to be. You can make a lot of money and get a lot of people to watch. By being in a place on a channel, how many times you get on a channel? You're like, who? Is, why does this thing exist? Who's watching? Cl- someone, right? So we exist, thankfully, and we're not. You know, there's a lot of places we aren't. There's a lot more places that we, as a podcast, would like to be. Um, but anyway, yeah. I but the point being, there's enough people out there that there's a ton of ecosystems that can make a lot of money independent of one another. You don't need the whole world in on something. 
to get rich. I, I also think this. I, I've really enjoyed the NBA playoffs, but I don't live and die with their political opinions. Not because I listen, I, I don't associate with anyone who's like anti-equality or a rate. Like I don't even they don't associate with those people. I do understand putting myself in those shoes. I, I can't, right? I'm a white guy, middle-aged white guy who fucking lives in a white neighborhood. Uh, so I, I can't pretend now I've, I've been around them my whole life in the sense of I've been around pro athletes. I worked in it and I always felt that sometimes the way the media pushes stuff and you've noticed football's handled this a little bit differently. And I think part of it is just the nature of the sport. The players have a little less juice. There's a little more of a community feel. I think sometimes in football than the NBA where it's just, there's like one, like for as famous as Patrick Mahomes is and right. The best player in the league. I bet if you're around the chiefs, it doesn't just feel like it's Patrick Mahomes and everybody else, right? Just the, the nature of the sport. Yeah, Patrick is Mahomes a doesn't different. call the shots. Yeah, not at all. And I, I, I've always just, I've been a lot, and I saw Kyle Shanahan talking about this today. He's like, you know, when we come in the building, I've always felt like this just as a football coach is it's like a sanctuary. And I always felt like that. Like, I always thought that about school when I was young. I'd be in big fights with my parents, like get away or you know, sport when I was in a bad mood. You get to go play with your friends. There is an element to that, and I think it becomes very jaded for the guys in the NBA. That, And I think this is back to Paul George. When you spent, and back to my original opinion about social media, when you spend a lot of time on it, obviously there are things going on in this world that impact a lot of people and a lot of people are fucking pissed off about, which I understand. But I think if you live on it and just see it, 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 it creates these emotions in your body that I, I sometimes opt to like shake my head and I, I don't like the way I'm feeling. And it's just, I, I don't have like... I don't want to be angry all day. I want, I want to avoid anger, right? And it's just, I, I think a lot of the guys in the NBA, it's kind of become Twitter's, it's Twitter sport. And I think they spent, the players spend a lot of time and it, it can, clearly they had to have like a come to Jesus talk last night from a league. Like, hey guys, are, well, are we really prepared to do this? Yeah, right? but, but I would also say there's a difference, right? Between Paul George being upset about being called pandemic P. Like that is a fully social media thing, right? As opposed, but that's to, been pretty consistent. I, wouldn't you say in the yeah, NBA yeah, stuff like all, that, it's impacting stupid. guys? It's, it's, I, when, when, <laughs> if I was, I would tell these guys like, guys, KD, Paul, like this shit's irrelevant. It is. Trust me, I've been on. You know what, John? Today, Thursday or yesterday, Wednesday, I don't remember when I was my 12 year Twitter anniversary. I got an alert from Twitter. I think it was well, Thursday morning. Time. So I've been on these streets. These streets. Where, the, these streets are fucking harmless. If you know how to conduct yourself. You know, but so though, you just, that, yeah, that's just different than, that. but that's different, but that's different than like what the, that's different than what stopped the NBA on Wednesday night. I agree. But I think these guys are this, those are real, like factor. they're talking about things that happen on real streets. I agree. But I think P pandemic P playoff, he turned into playoff P once he showed I like 35 the other night. If it hurts his feelings <laughs> that much, then I won't use it because I, I only use it in good but fun. I, I don't, funny. I, I don't think he was. Say he was in a bad place because people calling him pandemic P. I think it was more just being in the bubble. Yeah, I think, but it just, all just bubbled over. Yeah, and I just just avoid social media. You can still have your social, you know, whatever you stand for and push for, especially these guys. For sure, but like, I think, but but like George Hill would say, like, yeah, but I, what I'm talking about is something that happened off social media, right? I'm talking about a real I w- life. Situation. I wouldn't include him in this conversation. But I just mean like the people who said uh, what after what happened to Jacob Blake, I I don't want to play basketball. Like that's not based on the negativity Twitter bubble, that's that's just real-world shit, which is different than – because I'm with you. I think way too many people pay way too much attention 
this old. I've told you. Well, this for but years. I think they're the kings of it. When you say yeah, the NBA is yeah, like leading, but, but I I think and the NBA media and just I I just but that's a set. But uh, my point is that is separate than what the last twenty four hours, thirty six hours, whatever, have been about. Now that's a good reason if you want to get off Twitter today. I I recommend it all the time. Yeah. All that I spend but, less time on Twitter in the last six months than I ever have. I've I've been prepent just throttling back my Twitter. And then I realized I only get on for like big games. And it's like, well, I wanted to be a little more present than that. Let yeah. people know I'm around, accessible, right? But, um, you know, as opposed to say, hey, here's my show. Bye. Here's my show. Bye. Here's a link to my <laughs> show. What, see you later. I feel like that's what I've turned Well, I've been saying, what, what do we say consistently, like to, our, to everybody listening? If you want to DM us, do it on Instagram. Yeah, follow on Instagram. That's I like Instagram. I like Instagram DMs it, it, better. I just it's just it's not it, that that won't be happy place forever, right? There'll be a new something uh, come around. You think? I guess pictures yeah, are a little different yeah, than pic- words, but it's just it's like man, I I'm think, angry. I think, Whoa, <laughs> bikini. <laughs> Twitter's not like that. No, it's not. Hey, John, let's tell the people about DraftKings. DraftKings, baby. Right now, we got a big game going. We are marching towards this NFL season, which is going to be a huge game. Zuh. Multiple games. Zuh. Uh, when you sign up, you want to use code HAM. Free shot at a million bucks. And uh, and then you get into our league. That's the thing. Get into our league. If you're signing up, use the code HAM. Share it with your friends. A lot of people share the DraftKings for our league, our games with their friends. Go do that, too. Exactly. Download the DraftKings app. Promo code HAM. You were telling me I still need to do it. They have a survivor pool. You can get in all these different, the chance to win a million dollars. They have several games. Obviously, the NBA is coming back. Hockey took a couple games off. Not is coming back. Baseball every day. You can play in games. It's not just we play a lot of golf and we're going to play a ton of football. Other sports as well. It's a lot of fun. I can't imagine doing anything less than daily fantasy. Download the app, promo code HAM. Download the app, promo code HAM. I um I'm just trying to hang on, John. I'm just trying to hang on. The uh, East Lake is going to be awesome next week. I'm just trying not to get myself too depressed before uh, before East Lake and the uh, Tour Championship. But uh, the beauty of this is that the hey uh, Haberman Middlecoff DraftKings is a community. We end up DMing with a lot of people, either mad about something, happy about something. As one as uh, Mike Cullen DM me on Instagram today, John. It looks like you fell for Taylor Gooch's shit too. So you know, it gets very much. It's very fun. I, one of the things I didn't expect that's very fun about DraftKings is like you're always trying to figure out who other people are going to pick. I love Thursday morning going straight to the app and seeing the percentage of ownership on all the players. Like it's just that's become a really fun part of it for me. Yeah, um, and seeing like did I outsmart the room on this one or did I not on that one? Like who's the guy you you outsmarted the room on last week? Uh, well, you had Charlie Hoffman, but there was somebody that. Oh, maybe it was PGA Championship. You went in on Rory. Was that what it was? Uh, no, I don't know. Like I think last, it might have been, I don't know. Yeah, it was like Pat. I took Patrick Reed, the PGA or yeah, Kisner, maybe. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's hard to do. It is going to be really hard to do in football season, and I think it pays to just take the best players and try to win. Like, oh, everyone's going to take Mahomes, so I'll take Cousins. And then Mahomes throws five touchdowns, and Cousins throws three interceptions. You're like, what did I just do? <laughs> But that's the challenge and the fun of daily fantasy. And then if your guy sucks, unlike normal fantasy, you get rid of him. You never have to play him again. How many golfers do you just, when you're when you're scrolling, you're like, I'm not touching this guy again. It happens to me all the time. It's definitely going to happen to me in football this year. Can't wait. Download the DraftKings app, promo code HAM. Get in our game and our league. All right, as we're doing our podcast, John, did you see this? Twitter 
is noticing that uh, Josh Gordon posted a photo of him and Niners assistant Mike McDaniel when Gordon was a Seahawk, McDaniel and Niner, and he just captioned it brotherly. Now, are we still waiting on his reinstatement? Uh, yes, the last week. That I, I Googled it as you were talking and it says they're still waiting on word from the league. Uh, it's a little difficult, right, to keep up with Josh Gordon's career. It is, yeah. He missed several years. The last couple, remember Cleveland, and then they cut him, I think, or traded him to New England because he spent some time with New England in 18. He obviously started off in New England in 18. Then he got traded to Seattle or cut with Seattle. I, 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 I can't keep up with the guy. <laughs> I just know that he's played the last couple years. He had 27 catches last year. He had 41 the year before. He scored five touchdowns the last two years. You know, he, he's kind of living off this reputation in the sense of his second year in the league in 2013, he had 87 catches, 1,600 yards, and nine touchdowns. It's an incredible year, right? Pro Bowl, elite-level year. And then since, he's battled weed, just – I think it was just weed. Uh, he always failed. Now, I don't think weed – they're not testing for it anymore, but I don't know the rules in the program. The Niners would know him. Kyle was there when he was there. But I, I, I don't know. I don't like. The, I, 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 my reaction on guys like this is I'm like I'm always kind of out. Like I understand if you're desperate. I mean the Niners are signing Kevin White, so I they're really desperate. But you're not going to sign a guy when you don't know if he can't. Like the Niners aren't in the business of signing a guy if he's out. Right? If Josh Gordon was available, he probably they probably would have signed him. But he's not. If in he the had sense been reinstated of, when they were looking for guys, you're saying, yeah, yeah, they're looking for guys that they might need to use. Like Kevin White, it's not inconceivable is dressed out week one, right? Uh, yeah, which is crazy. <laughs> so, you, A river Craig craft. To, to but, me, until they find out if he's eligible to play week one, I don't think they can. They can't justify using a roster spot just because they're kind of in a free for all situation at wide receiver. Correct? Yes. The spot, the year, his year that you quoted, the 2013 year, where he led the league in yards, John. Kyle Shanahan and Mike McDaniel did not show up in Cleveland until the next year. So they were not around. They were not there for that. Um, can you name the quarterback that started the most games in Cleveland in 2013? I'm going to go with. I'll give you the two backups who also started games. Brian Hoyer started three games. Brandon Whedon started five games. This guy started eight games. Johnny Football. Uh, you're too early. 2013. 20, Starts with a J, though. Uh, played for the Raiders. Played in Washington. Oh, Jason Campbell. Yeah. The year that... that uh, I never would have... If you said, what teams did Jason Campbell play for? I would have been like... Raiders Redskins that would have been, I would have ended there the foot football team, uh, oh, Raiders yeah. and football team. football team just football team, uh, his year with with Kyle he only played in five games he, then he missed fifteen then he missed he sixteen suspended. then he came back played five games then so Kyle 18, and McDaniel's know him McDaniel yeah Mike McDaniel McDaniel yep. Mike McDaniel who's um, the passing game coordinator so you know so he does this Instagram post showing it showing the photo I mean is he telling us he's about to sign. Like they had Jaron or Jaron, I 
I know there's two of them. Whichever one the Niners had, they cut already to make room for Craycraft and Kevin White. Um, Must have been a rough couple days for Brown. I, like, I, I'm with you. I, I, Josh Gordon is 29 years old. It's crazy. You know, I don't know what the up, the, maybe you could argue there's not a lot of downside here. I would argue, I don't think there's much upside, but. Again, the Niners are going, hey, look at the situation we're in. Well, he's an NFL player. I mean, he has almost 70 catches the last two years. You'd take him over River Craycraft. You'd take him over Kevin White. You'd take him over some of the guys they're using right now. But the reality is when IU comes back, when Debo comes back, when Richie James comes back on top of Kendrick Bourne and maybe Pettis, like that's kind of the group. Now, is Josh Gordon better than Pettis? Maybe, right? Maybe, but the question is, do you, if if you if you know you can get whatever, let's say Pettis is better, and you get seventy five out of Pettis or seventy, I'm just making an arbitrary number for performance, and not you, catches. No, 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 no. Yeah, just you get you get a seventy performance on a one hundred scale. Is it worth trying to get eighty five out of Josh Gordon, but also know if you get rid of Pettis, you can't get him back if Gordon gets suspended in a month? Yeah, I, I, I'm simple. I'm just out. I, I don't I do not do this. I, I don't do the always guessing, the holding. I, I don't do it. I, I, that was always my it's my player personnel stance. Once he gets to this point, right, I, I, I understand when Jack Del Rio signs Holden. I'm all for second chances. And even dealing with some older players, you know, seeing if a guy's got anything left, this – the last the, the the roller coaster ride of this guy and listen it's just weed I'm pro weed but clearly I've always read that it was more than that and just other things I just I root for the guy I wanted to be healthy in life I I I'm trying to win football games one and thing I, I, I need people I can depend isn't on it interesting that the two teams that have given him a shot post Cleveland are are really really high level organizations right New England and Seattle very desperate both for wide receivers very desperate for wide receivers the 49ers are desperate for wide receivers right now but maybe I'd not say it's a li- they were desperate in season both times like it's a little different I, I think when the game hasn't been played you can kind of just it, it's a different mindset if this was week seven and they were you know three and three and it was their offense was shitty I, I would I might change my tactic but going into week one at zero and zero, like let's with an easy schedule to start and those guys coming back, let's just let's see what we can do. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it changes the conversation being that it's week zero. That's a very good point. Uh, I it feels a little early to start grasping. Now you would argue, well, these guys maybe it's less of a grasp for them if they know him, right? If they feel like they, yeah, to me it's not grasping. Like they, they know they, they've been around the human. But yeah, it's well, more the, just to me the grasp the is just it's so uh, the the track record right now is unreliable. To be honest, right? Yeah. And can you afford to be in a position where you're just trying to find some stability because of all these injuries you've had? How much effort can you invest into a player that, to this point, has not shown he's been able to stick around? Um. So I. No for me. And for that reason, I am out. Shark Tank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, let us know what you think. Would you be in on Josh Gordon? I, I, all that said, by the way, I wouldn't be shocked to see it happen. But just given uh, given that post makes you think maybe there's been some talk. 
Yeah, I don't, I, social media is hard to put much stock into. By the way, Milkoff, I, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this. We've talked so much about injuries. We'll see. Now, check Mayoko reported Thursday. Kyle Juszczyk, juice, week-to-week, hamstring. It never ends. I, I, I saw a tweet today that said, uh, update on Niners injuries. Entire team, week-to-week. I mean, <laughs> That's a good tweet. Now, week-to-week could be a lot worse right than a month or four to six weeks like they, they don't have broken foots broken arms you see uh pack 12 guy andre dillard torres peck oh. starting left tackle out for the season for the uh, eagles yeah yeah that's a i mean you just see some of those you're like Ugh. now the niners have had one in jalen heard who i was looking forward to watching i just like I watching a new chess piece even if they don't work, like I was fascinated to watch Dante Pettis three years ago, and then you end up not even caring about them moving forward. But I like to see them at least get a shot. And I listen, Kyle. I, I think I was at the Cleveland Brown Monday night game last year where he he sprained his MCL. Remember, he went down and missed a couple games. Uh, and that's the, this is where Kyle comes in, right? You just think you can just out scheme guys. Now I don't think he's going to miss week one, but. Kittle also, I think his hammy got tight. I think part of it is just, I watched some of Kyle's press conference. He had a good point. He's just said, you know, just you go days really hard and we already have some injuries. It can be really taxing on guys, right? I just think, and you see it going all over the league, This and you were beating this drum. And I actually don't think we've seen that many Achilles yet. Now, I don't think we're out of the woods because how many teams have really gone, like, could that be a week one thing? Like there are going to be some guys going down week one, right? Because you're gonna you're gonna go so much harder than you did even in preseason right. against your own team when you're going hard. But it's just you're gonna look over there and see a new guy. You're gonna be it's just gonna be it'd be an extra twenty percent. So I'll, we'll I think, see the first couple games. I think one thing you might have is players exerting themselves, like kind of what you're saying, right? You just your adrenaline is where you would be for a regular game day. Your body is not, right? And so the next thing you know, you are just – you're quote-unquote breaking down just because you have not yeah. had a – you haven't had a real practice, walk I, I do think typically by August 27th, would this have been – I guess technically next week would be the last week of the preseason, right? This would be the third This would have been week three, game. yeah. Like teams playing a night and Friday. This would have been Bears Niners this week. Yeah, I do think right around this time though is when you pull the pedal off the metal, right, for your guys because they don't play in that last preseason right. game. You and I, I think I saw Kyle mention the word week one. I'm gonna start game planning for week one. Like I, I think this is it, this is not the best time to have people hurt because week one's relatively close. But if you don't have major injuries, I don't think you're asking that much of these guys the next couple weeks of the days of just. Let's uh let's do the nutcracker drill. Remember that was a singletary? Like I they're not doing that in the first place, but definitely not moving forward. Like I think you're done hitting a little bit and you just ease your way into the season. I you still might wear pads to practice, but I, your live scrimmages to me, especially for the Niners, are over. What do you say in the March Madness? Advance and survive? Survive and advance, yeah. Survive and advance. You just survive in advance. Let's well, see, old Keith Olbermann, right? So and so is day to day, but then again, aren't we all? Yeah, that definitely <laughs> applies to the Niners' locker room right now. God. That is a pretty good one. Kyle Shanahan spoke on Thursday and talked about the uh, 
uh, inconsistency between fans in stadium policies. He he actually said uh, that he had some thoughts on how you could do fake noise, but didn't want to get into it yet because there hadn't been a uniform rule yet. At some point soon, we're going to need a ruling. What do fans in uh, stands, what are they worth from a noise standpoint? Are you able to add additional noise if you have fans in stands? If you have no fans in stands, do you get to add your own noise? Is fans in stands a good band name? I mean, there's so many questions. Not uh, terrible. Not terrible. Fans in stands. <laughs> Uh, what, what, what would be your solution? I my my gut instinct is no fake crowd noise. Now baseball has crowd noise in the stadiums, as we've learned. Not really, you know, doesn't impact factor. the game like that. Yeah, I'd be curious in the postseason. Is it going to get really loud? Vuvuzelas. Um, my gut reaction would be no crowd noise. Two reasons: one, for for who, for what; two, the more we can hear, the more unique an experience it is, the better it is. Um, but you see basketball, they you don't get to hear the players talk. And you text me right. one day, you one game, you're like, where are all the after like a I'm week, like, yeah, I'm like, you why can't I hear any of the basketball players? You don't hear um, any. It's no different. I will say this. Baseball, I do think having, and basketball too, just some ambient crowd noise is nice. So maybe I would do just some ambient atmosphere noise. That's different than, are we pumping this thing up to 110 on third down? Third down, thunder! <laughs> you know, that's those are two different things. I would be of the camp that the home team, and you'd have to bring in an audio guy because the business guys aren't going to know decibel levels, but give the normal decibel levels that you'd run on game day, you're allowed to run when the home team is on, you know, on defense. Because I do think there has to be something, and we'll get into gambling as the season goes. I don't know what a three-point spread means this year for the NFL, right? You automatically get three points for the home team typically. So when you see a home team as an underdog, you're like, that's actually like a five or six point swing. I don't think you have to do that this year because if you're playing the Saints, you're playing Seattle and they don't have fans, it ain't the fucking same thing. Like it's basically just, it'd be no different than a training camp practice when no fans were there, right? Which is just, it's an even playing field. And I, I now it would be difficult and definitely I think there would be some shady shit going on but I would do, that that would be my preference if we could pull that off. And maybe there'd be a lot of pushback from teams, be like, I don't trust other teams, and that'd be fair. Because I they try to do everything possible to keep things competitive. That would be something that, you know, remember historically people said the Colts forever pumped in noise, the Falcons, the Saints. It is a huge advantage for the dome where it feels like you can't hear yourself. Uh and who knows, like the Chargers, you'd be like, well, the Chargers, it wouldn't even be this loud if we were normally playing them, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> the fans were allowed. It feels like we get less less noise. Uh, but that that's where I, that's my gut instinct on what I think would be fair. Because you have to give some advantage of playing at home, I, I, I believe. Because you're right, in baseball, the difference of playing on the road or at home are parks, right? Yep. And weather, like part of playing against the Giants at night, it's cold. You go to Cincinnati in the summer, it's hot and it's a bandbox. It's not like... The crowds at Yankee Stadium. No, it's a short left porch, right? It's that's how we talk about baseball. Basketball, definitely for the playoffs, the crowd impacts. I say the regular season, it's more just the travel. Like, are you on a back to back? Where are you coming from? In football, it's legitimately like, ah, oh, fucking LSU night. You're playing Ohio State at Ohio State, right? You're playing Eugene at night. It's the crowd noise 
is, I don't want to say everything in football, the team is everything, but they, they named in Seattle, and rightfully so, the 12th man. To, it does play a role, guy. Yeah. Uh, so it, you it's would, hard. I mean, the Vegas has quantified it at three points over So the what would you, would you try to regulate it even? Because, like, my idea was you just take an audio file, you send every team, like, there's, like, 15 different ones, so everybody's not listening to the same thing. Crowd noise. And you just tell people... You can pick from any of these. When you're on defense, these can be as high as volume 20 or whatever the decibel level is. And you know every road team would have like a decibel sounder to make sure they never go over 20. These were were calibrated differently. We have a 25 here. You're like, what is Belichick doing over there? And he's got like a sound thing out. (laughs) He's yelling at the – he's pointing at the officials like, look at my – so you would have that. And uh, you, you, not, you, you agree, though, teams. that there should be allowed something like what or are we just going to do just universal crowd noise from the TV and it's going to be quiet in there? I also think he gives the players some juice. Part of part of being a football player, like in, in baseball, there's a monotony to the sport. You're just playing every day. Obviously, you get juice if the stadium is full, but I, you're playing basically in a normal year, everybody. Right. So you're seeing some crowds that are small. You're seeing some day games where no one's there. I mean, teams like the A's, you don't have that many fans to begin with. I'd say for the most part in the NFL, every stadium's relatively full, right? Like, they, they, you don't hear many guys like, yeah, this season, pretty yeah, empty. I mean, if a game, right? especially, yeah, yeah. There is some juice to, like, even if you're on, like, an average team, you get a lot of juice. Like, you look out, there's 80,000 people watching you. Most of these guys, like, coming from the power five conferences. Like if you come from Oregon or Bama or fucking Michigan, you're used to, it's a, I mean, it's, it sounds cheesy or whatever, a little bit gladiator warrior mentality. Everyone watching you go to battle, right? It's a physical sport. You know, we, we, we romanticize the, you know, the, the talks before the game, right? But it's just, yeah. I think you feel it when you're watching like a big Monday or Sunday night game, the crowd's going, you're like, this is, it's what football has to its advantage. But I also think it helps. They're human. So there you have a guy across from you trying to tackle you or move you. You're going to naturally react, but there has to, there's some juice to the crowd for the sport, which where I think baseball, I, I don't know about you. Whenever I watch a baseball game, it looks completely normal. Like I feel like the guys are playing well, especially with the fake, as hard as they normally especially would. Especially with like the fake crowds, just kind of to the side eye, right? If you're not just like staring at it, it does look like just a normal crowd. I think that is. Actually I do wonder helped. a little bit if some football guys would feel like, say, the Rory McIlroy comment, like, "I was a little harder to get the juice." Now, once you get lit up, you know, you it'll like be a boxing match. Once you get hit, you kind of come to. But I, the difference is baseball is playing sixty games. Like these guys are playing like baseball for the players. I think it might be a little easier to psych yourself up. Your set your season is so short relative l- l- to what less you're games. Used to. Yeah, for sure. Um, for golfers, I, like this must feel like the longest. All of a sudden, it feels like a really long season for golfers because they have no fans. You can't. It's hard to take tournaments off because each tournament, like leading up to the FedEx playoffs, was so valuable, right? So guys saw, are playing I, like I, I six t- weeks in a row. I saw Tiger say he thought it was a huge disadvantage for him. That he's like typically, you know, when you walk with, when you play with me or play in groups around me, there are a lot more people, and I am just, I've been, he's, I mean, he's being arrogant, but he's also just speaking the truth. Like I've been doing this for 25 years with everybody watching me. Like that is my advantage. 
just movements, a guy, you know, cart moving, a fan moving. In football, it's less about the ambient, like, movement in the back, but it is about the noise of them. No doubt. Would you, um, just to be clear, though, you would not give, like, the Seahawks the right to play their music louder than you would allow the Panthers to do it? No, it would all be the same noise level, but I would allow the home team to... To have some advantage when it came to the noise and their and their specific their ability because one thing I saw Kyle in his press conference is as of right now the latest I heard was the noise would have to stay the same so if you were gonna play noise you basically kick off till the game ends well obviously you wouldn't turn it up that loud if you're at home for your offense right so he's like what what's the point of that and I'm I'm in agreement with him but if the league just wanted to do that just like that way just probably all be relatively low that'd just be their universal my pushback would be I do think you should allow teams and maybe they would say we don't trust our teams this is going to be a controversy and I'd be like well it'd be good for business I'm fine with that (laughs) because I I do think there would be some teams and just a natural when you play a limited amount of games we know this in football football coaches are so fucking paranoid I've noticed this as someone who watched press conferences for a living for over a decade it's hard for me to find the Niners press conference. And I've realized all the teams, and I follow, I think, the majority of the NFL on Twitter, typically they, now they all host it on Periscope. So when they guys like, oh, Mike Vrabel's talking, it'll just be in my timeline. None of them are doing it. Because I know as a pro scout, and I was texting a buddy this yesterday, he's like, God, I just spend all my, they have no video to watch right now. There is n- typically right now, all you'd be doing is watching bubble guys. Like sun up till sundown, just watching tape, any guy you like. You just throw up the chain, yeah. right? You just, yeah. I like these three guys. I'll send to Howie or John Lynch or John Schneider. They don't have any of that to do. They, I have a buddy tell me the other day, he's like, I don't have that much to do, except the team. Like, if you're the Cardinals scout right now, you're playing Arizona's, playing the Niners week one. The one thing you do have to do to help your coaching staff, you are just everything coming out of Niners camp, right? You follow the 10 beat writers, you go to their website every day, you watch everything that's coming out of them. Like that. You're approaching that like a game. And these coaches, have, the, the, the teams have been smart about like, it's like, where's Kyle's press conference? And the video sometimes is not uploaded. And it's like, God, this is it's complicated, which I understand. Like they're, it's competitive. I, I but just, I think we felt it a little bit. The, the buzz of football, I think, is way less strong right now because the coaches have so much juice. Yeah, I, do you agree with that? Whether the coaches have so much juice, or that the, well, everyone they, is they, being more protected, it's heard a little bit but of the, the power I think Kyle of the NFL. said it the other day that they're being more. There's no preseason games, so I don't have to put any like in the preseason. Just naturally, stuff's going to end up on film. Stuff I say in my week one preseason press conference, you know, I can give something away that I'm going to do in that game on Sunday. This year, there is there is no preseason film to watch, so I can well, it'd protect be a, it'd everything. Be a, it'd be as simple as this. In a preseason game, game one, the dude that's running with the threes scores three touchdowns. By game two, he gets a couple reps like with the ones and twos. You're like, whoa, is this guy going to make the team? It becomes a big story. And then the, whoever's following your team, like, you can't even ask. The, the, the actions don't even exist anymore. Damn, this guy had four touchdowns. Even if it's in garbage time, that guy starts blowing up, right? Teams around the league are watching them. We used to get print out by week three, like the production leaders. Now, just because, as we know, and people listening know, just because you score touchdowns or whatever in the preseason or sacks or picks doesn't necessarily mean anything. But it does put you on the radar. 
you score a couple touchdowns in a preseason game, people just start paying attention to you, right? Yep. That's how, I mean, uh, Hard Knocks was one of the, um, what's his name, the running back for the Chargers who made. The chubby guy? No, 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 not the chubby guy, the good guy. Oh, Austin Eckler. Oh, Austin Eckler. Right. He oh, made, that's like, where, that's where Anthony Lynn. in the preseason. It was like, oh, this guy's on the team. Now he played really Anthony, well on special teams too. But Was there a clip like in the episode two where Anthony Lynn said to Tom Telesco, he's like, you know, the crazy part is Anthony Eckler never could have made this team right. like three years ago. Because he flashed in a preseason game. I think it was like game four. It, it was garbage time <laughs> against the Niners. He made it. He had a sweet run, um, which is kind of crazy. Usually, well, garbage time week four doesn't do that much for you. I uh, part of that is just you know what spots on the team are available, probably too. How um, jacked is that guy? I gotta tell you though, I I would be pretty. I am. My vote would be no. We're not letting you control your in-stadium volume and making it louder on third downs. And I, I just. It's risky. It's like we got football. We don't have to pretend like we're not in a weird year, right? I just don't know if we can trust teams to. Yeah, I mean, I I think the league will just mandate nothing, right? Just mandate in the sense of if you're going to play music. But but, But then Kyle and the guys who can't have fans would say, wait a second, but we go play some teams, they have fans, so our home games are less valuable. And I would say that's where That's where it's like, okay. Sorry. The, well, to me, that's not fair. If well, the Chiefs it's not can have fair, ten, but it's like, what, what are we supposed to do about it? Well, then you have to allow me to play music like they're playing music on defense. Like, you can't allow the Chiefs who have Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I there. mean, to me, you'd have to say either you're not playing music or playing, playing music. But what I'm saying is you don't get to play music while a play is going on anyway. This isn't basketball. No, no, no. You would just get to play it like normal time. I'm right? saying get if to do- the Chiefs have 17,000 fans, does that mean the 49ers get to play fake crowd noise? And if they do, does it get to be as loud as a full stadium or just a stadium with 17,000 people? Because I don't think that's but that I, loud. But I think what the Chiefs will do is they'll just play music really loud when they're on defense, right? Just like they normally would. Well, yeah, but anybody can play. But what I'm saying is you, the music isn't while, you, while the quarterback's at the line of scrimmage. It's during commercial breaks. It's during, right? The music is not happening when you're at the line of scrimmage calling out plays. Is it not? I don't think your left tackle. I think that's just crowd noise. Like, whatever Maybe the music so. rules are, those don't change. I would just say... Yeah, you're right. Because they usually get cut off like 15 seconds before the play or whatever. Maybe it should be even more... Maybe... Yeah, I mean, everybody should have the same music rules. The question I have is, should you be able to play fake crowd noise in your stadium if other stadiums are allowed to have real fans? And I would say, well, see, how you, loud... See, I wasn't even thinking crowd noise. I was thinking, like, fucking just rev Metallica. Right. Like, see, I would not do know. any of that. It's either yeah. fake crowd noise or nothing to me. <laughs> Now, you can still play the normal music that you normally play whenever what, you play. Can you imagine if they did allow that and whatever song was the best, everyone would start playing that it, song? It would just be like, you know, we for everyone who doesn't know, we go to practices, and there's just a, like the Niners, a lot of teams just have a DJ. You just have that guy at like the 50, just yeah. spinning, taking requests <laughs> yeah. from Give players us Pantera on again! the field. Pantera again! <laughs> John, let's tell the people about Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Promo code HAM gets you 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped.com, promo code HAM, Lawnmower 3.0. I have it. You have it. We all have it. Many people listening now have it. If you don't have it, I I think you're crazy. Go order it right now. Manscaped.com, promo code HAM. You get 20% off, free shipping, Lawnmower 3.0. Guy, can you hear that? Oh, Chad. Put your pants Do, Do you want hairy balls? Do you, do you want uh hell? I mean, I got hairy back. I'll shave my back right now. I'm shaving my back as 
I'm shaving my back, literally. Put it right down my sweatshirt. Oh, got a couple hairs. It's great. Sleek. I had a little light on when I was shaving my back, and I couldn't even see, but I had a light. And if I was in the shower, it'd be it worked because you know why? It's waterproof. Manscaped. The 3.0, the lawnmower, waterproof, like John said, the LED lights, a game changer. Uh, just released the Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to the lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. Plus, you got the crop preserver, the anti-chafing ball deodorant. You got the crop reviver, the spray-on toner for your balls. You got oh. the limited time subscribers getting uh, two free gifts, the shed travel oh. bag, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. Get on it right now. 20% off. Free shipping. Yep. With the code. Ham. It's the best of goals for your best of goals. By the way, good response on Twitter. We were talking about Josh Gordon from uh, Akash. Uh, and uh, Varathan. And Varathan. Sorry, Akash. I just, I never, you know, how Twitter is you just always look at someone's name. You don't say it out loud. But Akash has always tweeted at me, Niners. We've tweeted back and forth. He's got good content. Um, Niners Nation. Anyway, he said one thing to remember with Josh Gordon, they, uh, he and Mike McDaniel, I think they've both gone through alcohol recovery, and uh, it might be related to that. And he might very well be right. This is what I always say. 2010, you could convince me that you just post what you post and you don't think much of it. You know in 2020 when you post something and you just write the words brotherly with nothing else, when you're waiting for a reinstatement, and the Niners don't have any wide receivers, how people might interpret that, which is fine. We'll see what it is. Maybe it's both, but I agree. But the point, the reason I brought it up, good take by Akash, worth reminding people of that. I had forgotten or had not connected those dots. I'd forgotten too. Uh, what are we going to talk about here? Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks. I've liked I, it. I, I have too. I've, I've seen a lot of negativity. People yeah. thought it was boring. And I'd say episode two, a little I boring. Think you gotta, I, I, thought yeah, I, episode, I enjoyed episode three. I also think you got to just get over the fact that this isn't Rex Ryan's hard knocks anymore. You know? You're just saying moving forward. Just the show be a changed a long cover. time ago. This is, it's just yeah. a different show, but it's still solid. You, the, the day and age of getting the coaches in the meeting room, kind of motherfucking players, is dead. And that, that was fun. Like that, would you say that kind of put the f- show on the map? Crazy coaches and just... Yeah. Guys getting cut and just the argument, you know, and just coaches going crazy. And I think they still try to sprinkle that in. I I, I do think coaches have changed a little bit. I I, I just think McVay's kind of geeky, goofy. <laughs> like he's not. His presence is unique, right? Like he's clearly a really smart offensive guy, but he's not. He's not like Bill Parcells, but I mean, neither's Kyle. It just his presence is a little different, I think, than you think it would be. He, to me, he's a positive Chucky. Yeah. Like to me, the 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 clips that put Chucky on the map from the Eagles and the early Raider stuff in like the late '90s, like when the NFL films. If you just go to YouTube and type in like John Gruden mic'd up from like his heyday, he was nuts, and it was like losing his mind, saying "run it again," yelling at like Randall Cunningham, screaming at dudes on the Raiders like trying to wake people up. To me, he had like an old school, negativity is the wrong word, just hard ass. I, I find McVeigh just a little more loving. You know, He's not like screaming at guys. And, maybe, and, and who knows, maybe they don't show the clips of that. But I think it's pretty clear he's not, he's not undressing Robert Woods for breaking off a route. Where Gruden, 
I'd say in like 1999, maybe not to like Jerry Rice and Tim Brown, but I think he was lighting up a lot of guys. And clearly you and I had been around, you know, the Romanowskis, the Lincoln Kennedys, like they all thought he was pretty crazy, right? Yes. I don't feel people think McVeigh's no. Like that, no, right? And maybe the games change too. Just an athletes make so much more money. You see the way he treats Aaron Donald, right? McVay is just so. I mean, he's one of the best players in the NFL. <laughs> it's like, what does he have to say to him? He's like, hey, Aaron, good play. After Aaron Donald had seven sacks in one scrimmage, I mean, it was unbelievable. Yeah, it was- and then you told me it wasn't a scrimmage; it was half of a scrimmage that he had all those sacks in. Yeah, because remember they went to halftime, and then and then he's like, let the developmental guys go. McVay said that like for the second half. I, I thought a, developmental guys was just like a couple seats, but maybe it was a whole. I didn't realize that maybe was a whole maybe half. you're right. Maybe you're right. Maybe they let him kind of come out at halftime. Like, developmental. Kind of it's like oh shit, <laughs> that's me. There, yeah, I'm out. That's a part of the preseason game. I'm out. There was a montage of Aaron Donald where it crossed my mind like, is he the best football player ever? I did. Yeah, like, I know he was unstoppable, and he's so quick. And even Jared Goff's like, I this guy, this is insane. Because so, it was just McVay going sack, whoop, sack, whoop, <laughs> sack. I think even Aaron Donald would be like, sack, as he touched him. Poor offensive line. It was crazy. Anthony Lynn, I've really loved. Jalen Ramsey, I've liked. Uh, Oh, Chris Harris, that whole dynamic with the Chargers, him and Keenan Allen was really, was great. Was cool. I thought Keenan was pretty impressive. Like, clearly, he's not the loudest. I I would say he's a pretty understated elite wide receiver, right? You watch him, like, he's a pretty special player. He's a dominant route runner. The one thing they hammer home in the show is, like, he'll block. I love it when Anthony Lynn goes to, like, his uh, coordinator. Like, I tell him, feed Keenan the ball. It's like, well, yeah, he's, like, uh, the, one of the best receivers in the league. His thing is, like, because he blocks, right? Yeah, I, I know. But it's like, well, Anthony, I, he's just because he's open, you know. But I get I, – well, my one takeaway, too, is just the Chargers, they just got good players kind of everywhere. They got good players. They got confident players. They got they – if, if their quarterback if – I, if I tell you they get top – 17 quarterback play this year they're a playoff team right like yeah they and i think tyrod like i feel pretty solid with tyrod i don't think you know i herbert's gonna need some time anyway but i didn't think he was gonna like take tyrod taylor's job i don't think he'll take tyrod taylor's job right i just feel like tyrod taylor's just gonna be good enough to be the quarterback for the chargers and probably should be that way i mean they're getting herbert under center and they're still doing trying to get him to I mean, that scene where Anthony Lynn, I think it was episode two, was like, hey, man, you, your cadence, like, I can tell whether it's a run or a pass based off your cadence. Like, damn, that's a pretty good observation. Did you see that? When he was talking to Justin Herbert. Yeah, yeah, to Herbert. I, the one thing I was he's – like, He's like, you want me to be louder? He's like, no, I want you to be consistent. Yeah. I, you, just, you, you can't, like, high pitch. It's no different than you get super football geeky. When you put your hand different as an offensive lineman, I can tell if it's run or pass. You can't give the defense, you can't give Aaron Donald a cue. If Aaron Donald knows by your cadence it's going to be a pass, we're in trouble. Or by, or Joey Bosa or Melvin Ingram. After that, he was talking to Brian Balaga, who's on the Chargers now. Pretty impressive. I didn't and, know that and, either. And I watched that interaction, and you kind of realize why quarterbacks and offensive linemen gravitate, why the quarterbacks gravitate. The O-linemen, are, obviously, they protect them. like It's so critical. But I think quarterbacks can probably pick up so much knowledge from offensive linemen. How about the little thing he threw out in their te- in their offensive team meeting, where Tyrod just went up to like look at a play, like what we can do different to the uh, to the offense. Yes. And Belaga was like, you know, we did this a lot in Green Bay. 
and everyone's like, <laughs> I mean, there's some clout. You just realize if this guy had come from, he couldn't say, we, you know, with the Jags, we ran this shit a lot, right? It's like, damn, you and Aaron Rodgers, this is what you were running? Well, how doesn't it feel like Balaga was their starter for, I mean, a decade, right? He was on the, the Packers. When he said that, you could just tell, like, okay. And then he just started talking, and they were clearly listening. You know, we did this. We flattened the one side or whatever. And you do see the value of, like, Balaga and Chris Harris. You know, forever, this is what we would do with the stunts with Vaughn Miller and Malik Jackson. Everyone's immediately going to listen. You know, you know, Tyrod, Aaron used to, we used to love hitting the short, the flat on that. Uh-huh. He's like, oh. Or you just say that in front of Anthony Lynn. There is a huge value one thing you see when you watch Hard Knocks, it really is a smart guy league. Now, there are dumber players, just like there are dumber people in any business. And when I say dumber, I just mean people that like aren't as quick as other people. But you need a certain amount of really intelligent people on every football team, yeah, right? Yeah. It is a – you're not just as strong to me as your coaching staff. You're as strong as like the dialogue between your coaching staff and your players, right? And like when Balaga and Tyrod or even like – when Chris Harris and Gus Bradley, can you imagine some of the conversations they'll have, like getting ready for games? Him, like in what Joey will say. Well, one thing is clear, like, like one of the guys they're, they're featuring is this linebacker, seventh round pick from Baylor, who's like I don't know Brett Favre's godson, maybe or something along those lines. And uh, he clearly messes up in every practice all the time. <laughs> Fudge. But one thing I was thinking, why? Like, of course he does. He's playing Sean McVay. Everything Sean McVay does is meant to confuse that guy. So, of course, he's confused. Why wouldn't he be confused? How could he not be confused? Because he asked a couple guys, like, you know, how do you get confident? And they're like, well, you just got to do it a lot. There's really, you can't well, you just, fake it. These guys making a team this year is, like, you're not beating out a veteran. Football is really hard. You just watch these practices, like a guy like that, especially this year when you haven't had any reps in the preseason. I Again, I've just – I thoroughly enjoyed. There's a lot of star power from player standpoint in this. My other takeaway is on the 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 Rams. They really are built like an NBA team, like especially on defense. They have two. You, if you just bid like draft picks, right? Every player on defense is a free agent. Like Aaron Donald probably going one. With Jalen making it past like five, you know. I mean, they got these two guys that could just are the best in the league. And then you see the rock. You're like, who's that they're, guy? They're, who's that yeah, guy? they're really top heavy. That's one thing you think watching them, right? It's like you remember we interviewed at the Super Bowl, Mike Michael Brockers, the kid from LSU. Yeah, you're not, I mean, he's not, probably thirty now. He's LSU. Uh, yeah, he went to LSU because he came out in the same draft as Don Terry Poe and Fletcher Cox. And you see him like McVeigh had him break it down. Like he's he's been there a while, but I to me he's like their third best defensive player, and that's like they've just lost a lot of guys the last couple years. Just because once they they basically have two quarterback contracts, right? They have one guy guaranteed ninety million or eighty seven in in Aaron, and he's worth he's worth every penny. You'd be right. like, well, we would have gladly paid him one twenty, and you were right. And then they have Goff, who just like those two guys account for a large percentage mm-hmm. of the cap. Uh, don't forget DM us on Instagram your restaurants. I don't think I have one today. I do have a different DM. I want to read though, but uh, I don't have any. Okay, this is from Kai. And by the way, DM us your restaurants, whether you work at it, one you love, um, just want to support as many as we can. Kai says this on Instagram. He said, hey, here's a story about the Patriots wide receiver punt returner Gunnar Olaszewski you guys are talking about. And again, I'm making up that pronunciation. 
He says, Gunner and I played college baseball together at Bemidji State, which we... That's a good name drop. We know Bemidji State because it's uh, Trent Baalke's alma mater. In 2017, Gunner played baseball and football at Bemidji till his last year concentrated on football. He was very talented at both. Uh, You knew he could go pro because he had it. He was a corner and a safety. And while at the games, it felt like Gunner made uh, every play... Once I heard he had a trout with the Patriots, I knew he would make it. The, this thought didn't cross my mind until the Pats were playing the Giants on Thursday Night Football last year. The weather looked terrible and cold. Bemidji State is one of the coldest places in the United States. When I went to school there, I would compare Bemidji to Antarctica, and then it would be colder in Bemidji than it was in Antarctica when I would look at the weather app. The football stadium at Bemidji is right on a lake. The wind just rips off the lake into the stadium, it's a very flat terrain, so the wind can be nasty. So as I'm watching Gunner return punts against the Giants in some real Northeast football weather, I just realized how much his experience at Bemidji helped him out. Obviously, the scouting department and Belichick did a great job of finding a player with a specialization, experienced returning punts in bad weather. Uh, Probably why the hoodie liked yeah, him. He's one of the most patriot football players ever, LOL. That's from Kai. I actually did. We got we got included on one together. Yeah, I thought so. Are my Instagram yeah. DMs disappearing? Well, no. It's just it, once you get a lot, they they go down in different. It's just it, it's it's hard to account for them. Aliment or ailment? Not sure. On Bush Street, they just started doing brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Chicken and waffles are fantastic. Dinner time happy hour wings are great. Two choices: barbecue or habanero. Habanero is insanely spicy. Fried chicken dinner plate is great, along with the short rib. Can't go wrong with that. So Alley Mint on Bush Street. I mean, that's not that far away from you, is it? I uh, know. I did that there up on like Saturday. Um, by the way, this was the other DM I wanted to read from Vince. He said, hey, uh, Instagram DMs, you can DM us, whatever. But definitely include your restaurants. He said, hey, just listen to the latest pod. Reason the Yeti is so popular. We were talking about this on the last podcast. We we're trying to figure it out. He said the insulation is what supposedly separates Yeti from the competition. And then he linked uh, Vince. Uh, I think it's Vince linked this story he's like here's a story about a guy whose truck caught on fire and but but his yeti still had ice in it after they put the fire the truck fire out <laughs> to me that is his yeti cup this truck is completely on fire but the yeti it's, cup john is roasted and melting but there's still ice in the cup don't Yeti's an elite product. Do you respect the Yeti more after hearing that story? Yeah, I just didn't quite. I thought were they just were they all hype or is it something or is it really legit? I didn't realize their coolers are like some of them are like six seven hundred dollars for their big old. Yeah, coolers. I mean their coolers are no joke. Like it's a you once you get them you, you're riding with that thing for a while. You don't just like oh I forgot my cooler at my buddy's house I'll get it next year or whatever. It's not one of those. Like I, I I've known a couple people with the Yeti coolers. They come with them everywhere. I actually think the cups aren't even that cheap because the guys that I know keep them, take them with them. Everywhere. Well, I looked on the web. They're like 20. You, they're like, you get like 20. Oh, they're okay. That's bucks. not that yeah. bad. Maybe oh, 30. Okay. I don't know. Love the pod, well, by the way. He actually, so Vince gave me the story yesterday uh, in the morning when all day I didn't reply. He replied last night. Hey, love the pod, by the way. <laughs> okay. Appreciate the love. Okay, you got you to gotta respond to those DMs. I, well, I know. I just I, don't, I like to say some of them I don't want to respond to until I know I have time. So I'll save yeah. them because I, if I respond, then I can't find them. And Sometimes I'll take a spot. Like if I get if I have like 20, they just ask, you know, just random football questions. I'll do from like eight to nine and just read through them because like, it, it's actually a little more time consuming than you think. 
no doubt not just give like a thumbs up like yeah no yeah i want to give a good answer we 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 appreciate you guys you're not we don't dismiss the dms that's for sure no there are people and you the listener share the podcast have a great weekend everybody adios save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get 16 ounce packs of flavorful angus 90 percent lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious coca-cola pepsi or 7-up all with your card Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.